Gardening Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. Hey everyone, it is great to be here with you again on this lovely Saturday morning. Hope you are all plantastic. You can call through any time between now and 10 a.m. 94841927. And we do have a gardening email address, and I hope you've all got this written down by your by your computer at home, gardening at curtainfm.com.au. And a big shout out to George Manning. He certainly set the vibe for the day in breakfast and he was expertly supported by all-round superstar Helen Dar, as always. And a shout out to our cycling DJ, Jim Crinan, for his update just now. And Jim returns next Saturday. Faye, we made it. We did. And we got through the news and the weather. Apparently there's been problems this morning and I was holding my breath after last week. But it all just went swimmingly well till good. nine o'clock anyway, so we can breathe. How are you? I'm very good, Ray. Thank you. And you? Yes, yes, all good. Nothing to complain about. We are definitely experiencing autumn weather and uh, very, very, very happy about that. Just It just turns my whole disposition, just changes. Well, the whole week, I reckon, has been like that. The last mm. weekend was great for gardening yeah. and I've managed to get quite a bit done in my garden and it's just yes it's lifting my spirits it does it does it's, there's a there is a lot of humidity out there of course but that all comes with the territory and we were just saying off air the 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 components are, are right for everything to really be going off things are growing again different things that probably have been a little bit quiet are starting to kick away well a lot of things kicked into survival mode and of course well, now me, yeah what hello <laughs> did we yeah but now they, they're turning that corner and yeah. putting on new growth. Mm. It's a great time to be out in the garden. Easter's just around the corner. I know. I've lined up a few guests for the next few weeks. So there's lots to look forward to, Ray. Always is, always is. So we look forward to getting stuck into everybody's uh, queries, questions, comments, problems, all of the above. So give us a call, 94841927. We've got giveaways galore again today. And we're chatting this morning at 20 past eight to Trevor Gay from Sunnyvale Nursery, talking about cut and cook vegetables and flowers to plant now and planting or your plants going forward as well. And we've got Bruce Larson uh, from the Northern Districts Orchid Society. We do need to talk about orchids very much that time now. And speaking of orchids, we've got the most amazing surprise on my desk this morning. Um, A couple of uh, 
bags, plants with zygo orchids in them from Doreen Darcy. She's brought them in uh, for us and it was a big surprise. It was. It was and a lovely And they're beautiful surprise. and healthy. And Doreen, you you know, to, to go to the trouble to deliver them. I see you're in Waikiki. Uh, you're a Curtain Radio member as well and you've delivered us a beautiful zygo orchid each. I'd like to know what colour we could expect. Ah, purple and brownish, like a speckled tiger. So we, I, I actually Googled it and that's what I saw. That's what we've got. That's it, is it? Zygopetalum. We can ask Bruce a bit more about it. The care. But they're, they're very easy to look after, right? Oh, well, that works for me. So, mm. Doreen, that was very, very kind and thoughtful and we are very grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What a sweet lady. A truly lovely surprise. A great way to start the day, Ray. <laughs> yeah. I want to come in and see that on my desk every day. <laughs> in here. Anyone listening? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, And we do have lots of emails to get through today as well. So let us know what's happening in your garden. What would you like to kick off with? Oh, Ray, let's just start with the basket of pretties. Yeah, okay, let's just ease into the morning. <laughs> and they are they have been uh, attracting my eye since you walked in. Well, there's some pretty colours in there. Mm. I grabbed one of my new basket liners because I've been re, uh, renovating my old hanging baskets and I've bought up on a heap of liners as replacements yeah. and repotting things like my ferns, my hoyas, uh, any, anything that needs a bigger pot. And Anything likes a bit breeze. of love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and but you're doing it, and it's a good time to be doing it. It it sure is. Mm. Now, I picked a, a basket of a few flowering things. One was a small bunch of, I think they're called champagne roses, and they're just petite little blooms, buds, just sort of cozy like. It is. Mm. Yep. So I dashed back inside and grabbed a tissue and foil so they were lovingly cared for. Then I jumped in the car and then standing up in the middle of my rose garden on a one-metre flower stem was a beautiful golden rose all by itself. And Just I went... saying, here I am. And this is the colour of friendship. So that was it. Jumped out of the car, cut the stem and brought that in for you, right? Well... Bless you. I think that's just stunning. And thank you very, very much. That is beautiful. Now, I have seen signs of thrips on my roses. There's been some minor damage. How dare they go to the Akaro Garden? I know. But that's okay because I've also seen lots of long-legged flies, which are predators, hanging around. Plus, I've got the the usual suspects, the lacewing larvae, the praying mantis, ladybirds, all sorts of things. But... On the whole, that's not too bad a looking rose. And no. the growth that it's put out recently, I must admit, I get out there and I give it a spritz in the middle of the day mm. just to say, mm. right, you guys are not welcome here. Um, mm. So I get off. And I think that it helps. It doesn't hurt. Water is better for the environment than spraying chemicals, in my opinion. Oh, of course it is. Mm. And I find with my roses at the moment, uh, the ones that have had chili thrip, are recovering, mm. are recovering. All but one that I was telling you about off air, he's not doing too well, but the others seem to be hanging in there. They're just that bit stronger, mind you, because as as um, I was saying, my, my roses were very, very young mm. and uh, to get their first hit of chili through. 
and they got to a point where I thought, well, you're either going to live or die. They lived, but some other uh, roses that I have in pots are doing extremely mm. well and almost to the point that they're rather robust and I think that they're, um, you know, they're just kicked chilli stripped to the curb. And I was looking at one of my roses this morning, Soul Sister. That is a tough rose and it has a beautiful coffee-coloured flower and underneath is almost slight lavender and mm -hmm. I'm I'm attracted to unusual colours and it's just covered in buds, you know, oh, autumn buds. Wonderful. And I thought, well, yeah, bless you for, you know, kicking back and trying. So, mm. Well, that's it. The new growth um, is coming through, but I also did bring you an older leaf to yeah. show you. I haven't cut my roses back hard. All mm. I did in the last few weeks really was deadhead them yeah. and they, they were looking pretty manky and then... I started to see signs of new growth. So I went out there this week and I went down and gave them a harder cutback because I'm looking forward to that autumn flush. That, and that'll yeah. come in about sort of six weeks. We deserve it after all our roses mm. have been through uh, this this summer, not only dealing with the heat but also the chilli thrip. So, yeah, excellent. And what else is in your little basket? Some lovely geraniums. Yes. What's that little purple flower there? This is a... Almost two metre salvia. I really? think the name is Brilliantasia. Now I did. That's an cut unusual this. flower. It it is. And how big is that, Ray? Now I cut this oh. off the main stem, yeah. so I expect you'll be able to get a cutting out of it if you want. Yes, I like that. Mm. I definitely so last want. week we were asked by one of our listeners in an email about cutting back salvias, and I messaged Ben. Mm. who I know is a, a big salvia expert and we're planning to get him on the show possibly around Easter to learn more about salvias because there are different types. And so I've got some here that are, are flowering profusely. Others have just, um, they're sort of on hold. The foliage mm. is looking fantastic. I gave them a tidy up the other day. The almost three metre stem is laying sideways and putting up new shoots. But it looks fantastic under a bottle brush where it's just leafy and green. And that'll kick on and flower, well, autumn time now. So when you are cutting back and tidying up, that's a great time to just take some of those uh, prunings, trim them up. I often put them in the ground where they are. And, yeah. of course, if they come away, you can pot them up Bonus. later. Yeah. So. Now's not a bad time. To do Spring it. is probably a really good time, mm. but autumn, I reckon, is the second best time because we're doing a lot of trimming. We might be hedging things like rosemary and lavender. So it's a great time to turn some of those prunings into cuttings and mm. make more plants. And that's certainly a very unusual salvia. I have not seen that. Really? Well, yeah. there you go. That's Thank that's you. yours. And okay. how good is that? The champagne roses with the... Gold might be gold bunny. Yeah, and yeah, he's a goer. And the actually, it's probably not because it's a hybrid purple. tea. And the the brilliant Asia, which is a there, large there you purple, go. beautiful. Love love putting my colours together. Mm. I'm a frustrated interior designer, Ford, Ford slash landscape designer. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, next yes. weekend, Linda Minchiner will be in here talking to Fiona Thompson about the difference between landscape design, garden designer, or landscaper, garden designer, and designing gardens. Okay. So. Look forward to that. Mm. That is certainly right up my alley, as you know. So and then... That keeps Ray happy. Kicking off in April, Lisa Passmore will be joining us weekly for phone interviews all about landscaping a garden and taking us through the 
tips to success. So planning the area or assessing the site, uh, deciding on the plants, implementing the plan, preparing and even maintaining a design. Yeah, most important. A lot forward to that. Okay, mm. so lots of new subjects coming up on the show. Absolutely. Now, Ray, how did you go with the chicken, broccoli, mushroom recipe? That went very well. And mm. I see during the week someone was after your recipe, which you posted. Um, I probably tweaked mine a little bit different because I was just going off the top of my head. As you do. What you, what you mm. told me. Uh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. But I marinated the chicken for a number of hours. So it okay. wasn't just a matter of prepping it while you're doing other things. I wanted the flavour to get in there. So I had soy sauce and curry powder on chicken thigh fillets and that was probably on there for at least five hours. Right. Uh, yeah. So that really, really sorted the flavour out there. And then, of course, um, cooking that and then adding in your mushrooms and your broccoli and your coconut milk. You could add in coconut cream if you wanted it a bit thicker. Um, you can tweak it if you wanted to, but the flavour was exceptional and mm. addictive. <laughs> There's something about that combination yes. that's just right. Yeah. yeah. So I loved it and it was easy to make. So I've been racking my brain trying to come up with another solution or another, you know, quick one. And I came up with um, a favourite of Eddie's dad's from mm -hmm. years ago. And he gave me tips on making this. So it's using summer produce. So capsicums, tomatoes, onion and garlic. Yeah. Fire. Plus olive oil and salt, copious amounts of salt. And that's it. You just fry it all up in the pan. The more olive oil, the better. You put the lid on and you let all the juices come out of the tomato. So you end up with a, a sloppy, soupy yeah, mix. Yeah. Ideal for dipping bread into it. Yeah. And it is simply that. So this week I got two large capsicums, and I mean they were really large, uh, three tomatoes, one onion, and about five cloves of garlic. I fried them all up in the pan with the lid on, lots of olive amazing. oil, oh, lots of salt. Mm. And then I took the lid off and fried them up so you get that, that slight, caramelized. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say, that slight little black thing on the And edges. if it starts to dry, just add Whack more olive oil, oil yeah. and then a bowl and your crusty bread oh with lashings of butter goodness. and dip and... Stop. Slurp. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm hungry already. All right, 94841927. I think that I'm going to give away some tree rings. Okay. I think we have time to do that uh, from our good friends at Tree Rings, the lovely Jessica. We have 20 tree rings to give away. They are compact fertiliser rings made from repurposed materials, providing precision fertilizer placement optimizing the nutrition of trees and plants to enhance their growth and stimulate fruit or flowering you simply snap a tree ring into half place it around the base of your plant or tree and you've fertilized it for 12 months how's that breaks down naturally into the soil and improves the quality of the soil as it does so you can find out more about these tree rings by going to treerings.com.au you must be a Curtin FM member not to have won a prize on the station in the last 28 days. Uh, you would have to collect this prize because there's 20 rings. You can imagine we can't just whack those in the post. Uh, you would have to go to Midland Road in Hazelmere. You'd have to go to Trings to collect. We would connect you uh, with Jessica during the week to arrange a time to go and collect your prize. Now, be the third caller through to Bev right now on 9484 one nine two seven. Good luck with that. All right, we'll be going to. Uh, shall we do our ad break? 
Okay. <laughs> this is Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. You with Ray and Faye. And uh, I think we will have a winner very soon by the look of the lines for the tree rings we're giving away this morning. We've got Trevor online as well. And off air, we were just talking about food, lots of food. <laughs> Luxes, oh my goodness, it's making me hungry. But uh, this is a garden show. But of course, food is connected to gardening. Of course it is. And speaking of exactly that, we have Trevor Gay online. Trevor is from Sunnyvale Wholesale Nursery. Tre- Trevor, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm very well, thank you. Yes, good morning. Good morning to you. And haven't we just started to experience that change in the air? When I talked to you a couple of weeks ago, Trevor, you said, oh, no, we, we need to wait a little while. We need for things to turn around before we can talk about what's in the nurseries and what's coming and planning the autumn garden. Yes, well, that, that was certainly true, and, and virtually the following day things did, did turn for the better, fortunately. It, was, it must have been a good omen when you phoned me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, certainly, um, yeah, now we are getting into some nice autumn weather. Um, rain hopefully will be uh, on the way very soon, but at least the cooler temperatures are an absolute uh, a blessing at the moment. It's making it a lot easier and a lot, lot better for the plants too, for sure. Absolutely. A yeah. lot better for all of us, Trevor. Absolutely. And I know between uh, restrictions and weather conditions, you do have a bit of a challenge pushing out stock. But what can people look forward to in the coming weeks, Trevor? Okay, yeah, starting on the, on the flower side, we've got your pansies and violas are in the store now. They're usually the first ones to come in anyway because they're the more of the, more of the hardier, you might call hardier autumn lines. Mm. And then uh, over, over the next few weeks, we'll, we'll follow on things like the, the scenarios. There is a few calendulas running through at the moment as well, but um, probably more the yeah the scenarios and the, um, oh, what else we got? We've got foxgloves and, and just very much the typical Autumn, autumn type lines will will be will be following in. Um, Delphiniums come in a little bit later because they're very very slow and they don't like it don't like it warm early. Um, sweet peas, I think as um, ah yes, uh, yep they'll they'll be going into store next week. It's just we prefer I, I I tend to wait. Generally, we we work on the fifteenth of March as hope hoping to be the absolute turning point for uh, for autumn. And um, yeah, so so very much. I a lot, a lot of the autumn lines are just delaying those couple of weeks. The no, the first <laughs> the um, first day of autumn is obviously first of March, but but for, for Western Australia that still can be a little bit summery. So uh, yeah, just it gives everything a, a better chance, and it's better for the home gardener. There's no point in trying to go too early. Turns hot, and then you know lose, then, then lose. They, they, they got plants that are under, under stress, and they fail, and yeah. and uh, just turns them off. So, yeah. so we're the same token, not only looking after ourselves, but looking after the home garden, so they can buy something in confidence and uh, and plant it. Yep, for sure. And mm. what a, what about edibles? The way fuel's going up, and the yeah. uh, supply chain has kind of slowed. Oh, we're not too bad here, but. For yeah. people to be able to grow their own and and yes. pick a few things out of the garden, what will be on offer, Trevor? Right. Well, this is where we're really into the autumn veggies now. Mm. Um, so obviously, your, your 
your broccolis and your cabbages and cauliflowers are certainly the uh, they they're the number one, I suppose, the the, the top of top of the range and uh, quite easy and fast to grow um, for winter. Um, then certainly the the, the bok choys, um, pak choys, any of the Asian veggie range. Um, beetroot is much beetroot and silverweed as much as they're all year round, but generally the because um, you got you got your, your your regular red red beetroot and then you got your beetroot combo, uh, which gives you the different colour um, uh, bulbs underneath. Um, even the foliage does have a slightly different colour if you want to add a bit of colour to your veggie garden, and along with the um, like the rainbow silverbeet. Um, is a good one for if people who like sort of looking at it. It just sort of adds a bit of colour to your veggie garden, and just definitely definitely makes your whole garden look a bit brighter with the with the rainbow colours of the rainbow silverbeet. So, yeah, and and obviously uh, very tasty as well. And of course, you yep. can just pick the outside leaves, yes. and it yes. just keeps growing. So it's one of those it's... vegetables. Once you've got, you've always got an easy, you know, side yes. greens to add to your dinner plate. Exactly. That's that's the big advantage of silverbeet. You can just keep on picking, keep on feeding, keep on picking. And and if any of the older leaves, you know, if, you, if you're not picking enough, and the older leaves get a little bit sort of tardy looking or a bit tough looking, just chop them off and throw them out and and go for the younger ones and and uh, just keep a sort of you know a regular feed program going. And and there you're always going to have that fresh growth coming through with nice fresh tasty green leaves. Mm, yum yum. Sure. And what about herbs, Trevor? Herbs, yeah, they're always they're always fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's always plenty of them around, and that's uh, obviously um, basil. Even 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 this time of the year, um, basil is still very good. Coming into winter, they need to be in a uh, more of a protected uh, yes. area, and that that's where it's good to actually have them in a into a pot mm. uh, where you, where you can uh, keep them away from the heavy rain and those sort of cold cold winds, and put them on the warm side of the house. Yes. Um, so as much as they're good, of course, you're both your, your parsley, Italian and curly leaf type um, all year round and always, always uh, very reliable, uh, along with the sage and the thyme. And, um, and of course, now is a, a great time for, for coriander too. Um, it's always, coriander is an all year round thing, but it can be a little bit of a struggle through the summer. Mm. You've, got to, you've got to be onto it very quickly, but... But now, with a with a cooler weather, it'll it'll hold a hold a, a lot better. So um, yeah, so that, that's that's another good good pop along, along with dill. Um, and yeah, there again, you you also got your range of Asian type uh, vegetables in the uh, in the in the herb range as well. Mulches, um, mustards, and and uh, mazunas and uh, yeah, love all that. Various things like that. So yeah, you know, which which are, there again, your, your leafy vegetables, and some of them are gonna give giant red mustard, so it adds that bit of colour again as well. So mm. and there again, you're, you're picking the foliage. So mm. so you, you you can you know you got well like most herbs, you got multiple uh, multiple cropping. So how yeah. would you use those, Trevor? Would you cook them or fresh <laughs> <in a> salad? <laughs> salad. <laughs> Well, I think either way. I mean, mm. you, you know, I suppose like, like to you, you sort of look at what's sold in the in the in the, uh, in the supermarkets and that. And a lot of them are in the mixed salads because mm. um, sometimes by themselves they can be a little bit tardy, mm. you know. But uh, you know, you, you can buy the mixed salad bag. So if you've got a range of them, then you you mix them in. You get some that are maybe a little bit tart and others a little bit sweeter, and it, it just one one compliment. I'll say compliments the other. <laughs> mm. <laughs> the way I'm putting it, you know. And uh, yeah, but and 
but obviously it's amazing what people could do with these things and but if you're going to cook them it's it'd be like a a light stir fry you know any any of those veggies they want to be cooked sort of quick yeah. steam cooked or stir fry cooked and uh Definitely, definitely don't boil them, and then that way you you, you keep all the all the goodness and the flavour all there together. And of yep. course, those those mustards have such a beautiful colour range in their leaves yep. that they are great yep. addition to the veggie patch. And if and when exactly. they do flower, they set more seeds. So when they are flowering, you you get the beneficial bugs in as well. So yes. another advantage. Yes, yes, exactly, because that, cause that's, that's our, always our biggest enemy. We call them our biggest enemy bugs, but they are part of the ecosystem, so we sometimes have got to put up, and we've got the bugs, well, then we encourage the birds to come that's right. and eat them. So, it's um, it's make, just everything makes the world go around, that's for sure. Yep. And what are the cut and cook vegetables, Trevor? Yeah, well, in the, in in the cut and cook range, um, they're in in a eighteen centimetre pot. So the basic idea is uh, you buy them, you can keep them in the pot, mm. and uh, and then so basically they just cut and cook as you go. So they they're closer to the would you say closer to the um, ready to ready to eat size or within a couple of weeks of buying them um, certainly um, certainly certainly uh, you know they, they're just ready ready a bit quicker so we generally run probably the more popular uh, type herb range there um, obviously there again all your basils and parsleys and and thyme and uh, um, all, all those all those very very popular ones corianders and various things um, it just Gives gives the home garden instead of having to buy a, a punnet and grow them. They've got the pot. They've, it's more instant. Yeah, so, it makes it a lot easier, doesn't so it? So instead of yeah, going yeah. to the supermarket and buying their herbs, you buy yes. from the cut and cook range. You've yep. got your plant. Yep. You can harvest what you want, and it keeps on growing. It, exactly. So uh, love so it. That's 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 a big advantage. And and even when they start to outgrow the the, the pot we're supplying them in, just pot them up into a into a bigger bigger pot again. And uh, or plant them out in the garden. I mean, it's it's either way, whatever people uh, desire, depending on their on their landscape, etc. And um, yeah, so and you got something that's kind of kind of lasts for months and months on end for sure. Well, there's yep. plenty to keep our listeners busy there out is, there. There is yep. very exciting time of the year. It is. <laughs> it is a good time. <laughs> well, thank you for your time today, Trevor, and keep up the good work. Will do. Thank you very much. All right. Okay. Keep safe. Okay. Thank you, Trevor. Bye. Cheers for Bye. that. Right. Yes, it's a very foodie morning here on uh, Let's Talk Gardening, isn't mm. it? Okay, now we do have a winner for the tree rings, Linda of Naranda. Congratulations. And Linda, we will be connecting you with tree rings uh, during the week and you can go and collect your goodies. Well done. All right, let's head to Mandra. Maggie, thanks for waiting. Well, that's fine. Hey, morning, Odie. Morning. Um, look... I have got these two beautiful big rock melons and um, oh, they were looking lovely. Uh, and I just thought I'd better just turn it over and see that, um, you know, that it hasn't rotted underneath mm. on the ground. And when I turned it over, I could not believe it. The whole bottom of it, it looked perfect on top. Yeah. The whole bottom of it was eaten out. Um, probably more or less nearly half of it right into the seeds. Oh, and, and I can't think of anything else that it was. It could be except mole crickets because I've got dozens of them in there. They just sing all night. 
until about eight o'clock. And it's coming from the ground because there's nothing on the top of it. It's coming from the ground. Would it be them? Well, how how big is your rock melon? The rock melon's a, a very big one. Okay. <laughs> Uh, All right. Uh, much bigger than the ones you buy in the shop. Right. Mm. Okay. So a significant amount eaten out. Rats oh, will about... burrow into the ground, but you would see, I'm sure you would see some digging evidence of excavation if if it had gone down to come up. No, it doesn't no? look like that. Where it was just touching the ground, um, as I turned it over, um, I thought, I couldn't believe it. It was all the dirt. It's, I mean, I've got really black soil mm. and it was stuck to the, the black soil was around the outside where it was chewed. And I mean, bigger than my fist. I mean, two mm. fists. The whole bottom of it was in. And then I, I looked at another one and it looked beautiful. The whole inside oh. was out. Oh, the whole inside was out. And uh, I couldn't believe it. I thought, oh, gee, you know. And it was, it was really... Um, it was really ripe. It was already yellow inside. So I was thinking, oh, it must be nearly ready. And I was going to tap it, but I turned it over just in case it was sitting on the soil mm. rotting. But honestly, it went right into the seeds and uh, it was just eaten out. And I was hollowed it out. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, lizards, bobtails would probably eat something like that. But once again, they're so big, you would see evidence of yeah. them getting down and up again, I think. Yeah, well, it, it just—it uh, was just where it touched the ground. It, yeah, uh, it was just like a—it was just on the ground. It, well, it, I guess given mm. time, earthworms might do that too. Well, oh, God, I've got millions of them, but I, I could not believe it. It was just—and um, was there nothing inside of it? Oh yeah, it had. It had no. There was nothing in there. Um, nothing at all that I could see. You know, no, when I no culprits. Mm. No culprits at all. And I, I, I took it off and I took it inside and I thought, oh, maybe I, I could just see, cut it, cut it. But it had a, a, a funny smell to it. It wasn't mm. rotting. It wasn't mm. rotting. It just looked fresh, you know, inside. Um, the seeds were all there in the middle, but they'd eaten out the sides. Up around the seeds. It wouldn't be a possum. It couldn't be a Well, side. I thought it was a possum, but um, would a possum just go in underneath the ground? It's it's, it's a, a bit, bit of a, a mystery. Yeah, I, we have to <laughs> check this. It sleuth it. Mm. And I think, well, the only thing I hear of the night out there, I know they're all in that garden where that mm. rock are. So I've put all the ones that are round about. These were the only two big ones. But there's a lot of new little ones now, around about size tennis ball size. So I've stuck them up on a on a brick or a mm. you know a pot plant or some a, a, a t- upturned pot, and I'm just seeing if I can not get them eaten away. Yeah, I know it, mole crickets do get into things. I know they do. I've heard them get into you know people growing their potatoes and things like that. And they, they can burrow, get into worm bombs. Yeah. Um, so it's not out of the question, no. but it's. Obviously, happened over a period of time, and if it's come from underneath, then that limits. And a lady is just putting up. Uh, Anne from Beckenham is saying slaters can do that too. I've got no slaters. I've never seen a slater in never my garden. Seen it. Like you would have probably, I would have thought when you moved that rock melon, you would have seen some slaters. You know what do you, you could do? No, nothing. Absolutely. All right. If you were to say get rock melon or something similar, cut it in half, place it on the ground so the the fleshy side is down 
and yeah. keep coming back and checking and you might actually be able to use that as a trap look at look at different times of the day and night and see yeah. what comes you might be able to narrow it down that way maggie well i i thought i had rats i rang you before about rats on the on my lemonade tree where they just ate a hole in the skin and then put their head in and ate the whole center out but i was talking to my sister-in-law in who's got a farm in new south wales and she said no nah, no nah, it wouldn't be rats they'd eat the whole thing it's a possum uh no so rats thought, don't always eat the whole thing Oh, because I she she has that problem, and she said it. I know it's possums. Mm. Anyway, I put a light in the tree, and I never had any more problems with it. Oh. But this this I can't. This is just flat on the ground, mm. and, and I, I, there's no way there's a, a, a sort of something a, like a, a hole where it could go under. It's just mm. like a flat ground, yeah. And it looks like something's eating it from the bottom of the ground. Ah, uh, now think, you know yeah, what though. What rats can nest in the ground and they do burrow. So if you've got a healthy rock melon, you've got vine covering all over the ground and you won't necessarily see where they go down. Just a thought. Oh, right. Mm. Well, I, I have, uh, I, that's another thing too. I was going to ring you back last week, but I, I must have dozed off or something. And next thing I know, it's 10 o'clock and I've missed it. Oh, dear, well, the, lady who, the lady who had rats, um, I went to the produce store. My friend's got a produce store, and she said, oh, they use poison wheat. So maybe mm. I'll stick that around again. Well, just be very careful because we do also have native marsupials. So you you could try a trap, like a live trap. Uh, so what? A, and that might be a good idea. Put your rock melon in a live trap, and when whatever it is, if it's big enough, goes in, the trap will what, slam what's shut. A live, what's a tra- live trap? Where do you get those from? Mm, the oh, places like... You um, can get them from councils. Okay. Mm. All right. Yeah, Hardware stores you. probably do have mm. them. Mm. Uh, land care stores, mm. farm shops. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. So yeah. it'll, it'll be a wire cage. Oh, yes. And okay. and another thing would be a motion sensor camera. Yeah, I yeah. I, I was thinking about the camera. That would be very interesting. Yeah. Mm, okay. I stopped eating the lemonade tree. I've not ever touched. The, I thought, oh, good, the light must have worked on that. Mm. You know, because they like. But these are just underneath the ground. It's just come from up up underneath the ground. Well, we'll stay tuned and hopefully hear back from you at some point. If you oh, can well, narrow right. it down. Good luck, it Maggie. Could be, it, it could be mole cricket. Could well can't rule it out or in really. Yeah. <laughs> okay then. Thank you so much. Peter. All right. Good on you, Maggie. Cheers for that. Bye bye, And we do have to take a quick break. When we return, we're chatting with Diane and Keith. Curtain Radio. Thank you for your company this morning. You are with Faye and Ray. This is Let's Talk Gardening. Let's go straight back out to the lines. We are in Shelley. Keith, good morning. Oh, good morning. Yeah. Uh, now, <coughs> I, I've got a question. <coughs> regard, oh, excuse me. I was fogging my throat this morning. Must have come out a little. Um, <coughs> yeah, I, um, on Wednesday, I thoroughly de- uh, detached and cut my lawn and then spiked it all the way over. 
Now, in the past, I've used a hose on um, weed and feed. Uh, they say on the packs not to cut prior, uh, seven days prior or uh, after uh, using the uh, fertiliser. Now, I'm trying a granular fertiliser. Now, there's nothing on the pack about uh, when it's safe or when it's not safe to use it. Now, I dethatched it all uh, last Wednesday. Uh, when would be the earliest I could um, apply that uh, granular fertiliser? I, I think any time now would be fine, Keith. And looking at the sky outside, it's looking dark. I'm not sure if we're expecting rain. Or is it just the blinds closed? It might right? be the blind, but it is partly cloudy. <laughs> okay. We do make things very dark in our back cave here. Okay. Mm. Um, I don't think that would be a problem, Keith. Uh, the only thing I would suggest on top of that is that you use uh, a wetting agent so that your soil is more accepting and the fertiliser will hang around longer. I think that would be yeah. a big advantage. Yeah, I used a, a wetting agent about uh, a couple of months ago on it. Mm. Um, prob it probably might need it. But the type of fertiliser that I'm using has got a wetting agent in it. It's got a gross oil agent in okay. it. Okay. All right. That that sounds pretty good then to me. So any time now? Yes. yes. It, it's a type that uh, once it's applied has to be thoroughly watered in as soon as you apply That's it. That's right, yes. So t today would be okay, would it? Yeah, that would be fine. And I would get out with the hose as well and really soak it until you see it bubble because some of those <laughs> yeah. granular wetting agents really need that. The other thing that you can consider if you have dethatched and aerated is a light top dressing. Uh, just to fill the divots, uh, something with a, a clay or loam in it, and that yeah, will really yeah. help your soil as well. Okay, thank you very much for that. Yeah, I'll and, and on sorry, on the note of lawn, now is the time that uh, some of the companies are getting ready and spraying the pre-emergent weed control products. Yes. <coughs> so, <coughs> oh, excuse me. All through the winter last, well, uh, every now and again through the winter last year, I was putting the, the hose on weed and feed, which kept the weeds right down, and I haven't seen a weed in the lawn all this summer. Oh, that's so pretty good. I've, I've been pretty, I suppose, whether it's the fact that I weed and feed it through the winter when the uh, weeds are most prominent might be the answer, but uh, I haven't seen a weed through the winter, uh, summer. Oh, fantastic. So, well done, yeah. Keith. Perhaps that's a tip for for other gardeners. Maybe so. Thank you. Okay, thanks for your advice. Have a good weekend. You, you too. too. Cheers bye. for them. Yeah, bye. Okay, let's head to Swan View. We're talking about a lemon tree, and here comes the email on time. Jan, oh. good morning. Good morning. How's Hello. it going? Oh, my beautiful mandarin tree, as you can see. Um, I've got two of them, one at the back and one at the front, and they're dying up the top, and I can't work out why. I mean, I've watered them really well, and mm. I just don't know why they're going like that. Have you used a wetting agent? I haven't, actually, no. Okay. Just have a look at your soil and see if it is repelling the water. The other thing that they um, could be suffering from is dieback, which oh, can really? affect... Pardon? Really, because the lady over the road 
had a, a lot of pine trees and they all died slowly like that and we didn't know what had done it and she's actually had to have them removed because they've totally died. Mm. Would that be dieback in the mandarin? Well, it it is a possibility. Um Regardless of what the problem is, at this time of year, I would suggest getting in there, removing anything that's dead, dying or diseased and cut back to some healthy growth. Also check for citrus score wasps. Right. And they're rampant at the moment. Yeah, I know. I've got some in my lemon tree at the front as well. Mm. Right. Well, cut them out and dispose of them. Uh, but yes, cut this back where it's healthy and and then, you know, going forward, you can monitor whether it comes back or whether it's, you know, got a further problem. And with the dieback, is there anything you can do for it or not? Well, there is a a product, um, fos, fos acid or anti-rot, that can yeah. help. And follow the instructions on the packet. There's like two recommendations. One is pre- prevention and one is um, cure. cure. Mm. Right, because the um, half the tree, as you can see, if you can see in the photo, has got mandarins on it and looks really good. Right. Well, I, I wouldn't be terribly worried about trying to save the actual fruit. I would be more concerned with saving the tree. Right. Okay. Mm. So I'm it looks pretty big. It's a big tree. It's huge. Right. So some selective pruning to clean it up and and go from there. Right. So that's probably what was wrong with the fir trees over the road then. Mm. Uh, they get if they're a, if they're a conifer, they do get what they call a a, a cancer, a canker. Mm. Oh. Mm. So it could be a completely well, different. Mm. Yeah, because this tree's about I reckon she's about thirty years old, and she normally produces crates and crates of mandarins. Mm. Time for rejuvenation. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, so if I get the anti, get the anti rot stuff, and then what? Just a citrus fertilizer on after that, or what? Uh, don't be too worried about feeding it at the moment. You need to um, be more concerned about the health of the tree rather than than a fertilizer as such. So, products that will will help Boost the tree, the tree. Mm. yeah, help mm. its immune system. So, more seaweed and fish. I would be looking for. Okay. Oh, look, thank you so much. Good luck, Jan. Yeah, good luck. So distressing to lose a tree. <gasps> very, very much Oh, so. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm going through the same thing with a very old, large bottle brush. And it's mm-hmm. actually, since it's had some cutting back, it's showing yep. some new growth. Now I have to go back and do some more cutting back. Oh, right. So I've got to get in there and cut all that out. That's right. That it looks like a big job ahead of you. It's a huge job ahead. Yes. Make sure you've got the right tools, the sharp tools. So, you know, you may have to invest in a new, like a, I think there's a, what is it called? A reciprocating hand saw that makes oh, light okay. work of pruning. Oh, a reciprocating, okay. I think that's I'll go what and buy it's one. Oh, Good. Jan, if it were me, I'd probably get someone in to do it for me, a specialist. Oh, yeah, how do you find those? <laughs> well, are you, are you on the internet, Jan? Are you on the internet at all? Yes, I am. Yes. Oh well, you know, the world is your oyster. Oh, yeah, okay. just Google away, Google to your heart's content. You'll find someone in Perth. Mm. Well done. All okay, right, love. Take Thanks, care. Jan. Bye. Thank you. Cheers for that. Thank you.
Okay, another short break. When we return, we're chatting with Lena and Pam. And we will be heading, excuse me, we will be heading to the nine o'clock news shortly. Back out to the lines. Let's say good morning to Lena. How are you? Hi, Lena. Yeah, hello. How are you? Good, thank you. How can we help you today? Okay, I want to ask you something. Um, Last Christmas, not the Christmas before, about 15 months ago, my son and my daughter-in-law bought me a nice blueberry tree. And the tree was about six years old, okay? Now, I got the blueberries when it was time, but at the moment, all my friends' blueberry trees have lost all their leaves. It's completely bare. Mine has never lost leaves. It's got flowers and it's got berries at the moment. Is that normal? (laughs) It is for yours. Um, Yeah. Well, there are different varieties. Uh, Some Uh are deciduous, but I don't think all are. So it might Mm -hmm. depend on the location that it's in and the variety. Um, If it's six years old, is it in the ground or is it in a pot? No, it's actually one of those uh, hash bags. And then I bought a nice big um, plastic pot and I put it in there. Then I bought a trolley and I put it on the trolley so I can wheel it around oh, where I want it. Lena. <laughs> it's really spoiled, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> right, well, there you go. I have this image in my mind, it's great. <laughs> and also, I've bought the blueberry fertiliser that once a week I give it a, a tablespoon of fertiliser diluted in water and I water him every morning. Right. Well, I think you could be giving your friends some tips. Yes. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Sounds like it. Sounds like you know what you're doing and you're getting the results. Yeah, but I don't know. But is it, I mean, all my friends says, oh, my, my tree's got no leaves. Mine has got the old leaves, is getting the new leaves. Yeah, but you know also what happens, and, and I think this is a, a topic that I think we yeah. need to cover. Good. And, I th- and the topic I would call it is what you need to know when you bring your baby home. You know, like <laughs> for a first-time plant parent, yes. often yeah. we buy okay. plants that have uh, sat in greenhouse or hothouse conditions. Oh, yes. The yes. mix they're in isn't ideal. Uh, they might have been initially potted into little net pots and then mm-hmm. potted on into this horrible Bigger wet yeah. coir. So yeah. when you get at home, you need yeah. to know how how to make it happy so a, okay. a blueberry plant might be in a small pot it might then need to be potted on into a bigger pot and to better mix a lot of people will struggle because oh. they leave their plant in the pot that it came in yeah yeah and they put it outside and they water it and mm. and it instantly goes into shock so if it's come oh. from a nursery and it's been under shade cloth you yes. can't necessarily take it home and put it out in the full sun. You know, no. you, you certainly could not have done that a couple of weeks ago. So we have no. to try and understand how a plant's been grown and how to transition these babies when they get home to us in their forever oh. home. Okay. Does that make a bit oh. more sense? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but what about does it need to be pruned? Prune after flowering. After flowering. Mine's flowering all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and and prune so you've got a nice shape, cut out any uh, dead or diseased bits, anything spindly um, or untidy. But yours sounds like it's doing very well. It doesn't sound like it really needs 
much no, more. No, it's just maybe it's in the wrong country because I mean it's doing everything opposite to the other. Yeah, no, trees. <laughs> plants plants actually know what to do. The triggers oh, that they come, know. they respond they... in their own way. And so obviously that plant is yes. is suited to those conditions that might not need the chill oh. or um, the aspect you've got it in is just yes. perfect. Okay, all right then. Okay, that makes me feel a bit better. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you, you just look at the plant and look at, you know, you can read them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye, Good on Lena. You, Lena. Okay, bye. 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 Thank you. Bye. All right. Look, we are going to the news at nine o'clock. I do have some calls um, to be able to give ourselves time to answer them properly. Uh, if you could hold on, Pam and Ian, till on the other side of nine o'clock, and we can then speak to you uh, with a little bit more time up our sleeves, uh, in case the calls are longer than one minute. <clears throat> Margaret of Mundaring advises that the High Wickham hardware advertises animal traps available to purchase or hire. Uh, so, yes, we're going back to our lady in Mandra, I'm sure that you can find a animal trap to uh, hire, maybe and, from a and, local and hardware. And they're live traps. Yeah. So, you know, if you don't know what's <clears throat> eating your fruit, yeah. um, instead of killing everything yeah. that's there, yeah. you know, it yeah. could, could be a native animal exactly um, yeah we can't be sure no no the camera would be great wouldn't it and you know what they're available for around 80 dollars ray you can get mm. them online and mm. uh, you put in a memory card mm. they're waterproof uh, i think they come under the name of a trail cam mm. and i've i've got one i just haven't set it up yet yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's all about time all right can we do an email very quickly or shall i do a giveaway do a giveaway. Yes. All right. How about we give away a $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees in Pickering Brook? Now, honestly, I was on her Facebook page yesterday and the arrivals, the choice, the range, there's no way I could actually reel that off. It is massive, absolutely massive. And fruit trees and ornamental trees and uh, new grevilleas and kangaroo paws. She's got the lot. Big plants, little plants. You just simply must check out Bigger Trees' website uh, or go to their Facebook page to have a browse as well. Now, here's one of John's special curly ones. He does like to test us all out. You must, of course, be a Curtin FM member not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Here's the question. Which Sherlock Holmes story has a title containing a number of seeds from a certain tree? Which Sherlock Holmes story has a title containing a number of seeds from a certain tree? If you know the answer, 94841927. gift voucher will be in the mail to you in the coming week. Okay, let's go to the news. Okay, <laughs> we were warned, we were warned. All right, right now it's 23.8 degrees and the maximum today will be 31, partly cloudy. The minimum overnight is 18 with a maximum tomorrow of 28, also partly cloudy. And for Monday, the minimum overnight will be 16. So these are quite warm nights, partly cloudy and a maximum of 28. So it's looking like a nice week, warming up a little bit towards the end of the week, say from Thursday and Friday, sitting at 32. But we can manage that. That's not so badly. We're going straight out to the lines. We have people that have been very, very patient with us. And the most patient of all is Pam in Bibra Lake. Good morning. Hi, Pam. 
Oh, hi. Good morning, Ryan. Say, uh, thanks for your program, first of all. I really enjoy listening to you and hearing about other people's worries and the remedy. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I myself am a bit devo today because uh, I had to go away up the country to my family for a couple of weeks and uh, I normally I have uh, 13, uh, t- sorry, 20 rose bushes and three climbers and they keep me busy. I'm normally out there deading, deadheading at least twice a week but whilst I was away, of course, they, they didn't get that care and my son very um, willingly came and did a bit of deadheading for me but it wasn't until I'm home and I'm out there I've just spent the last two days, roughly about eight hours, tending to them, and I'm afraid I've got some disease happening. Okay. Can you describe it? Uh, All the leaves are curling and going brown, and the buds are very immature and going brown as well. Okay. You may be like many others across Perth at the moment, Pam, with... um, the visitation of chili thrips. It is, is it? I it, had a it, fearful... c- it could be. Uh, yeah. Do you have the opportunity to get out there and give them a spritz in the middle of the day with water? Uh, yes, yeah. That is one of the things. The, the reason I say this is because chili thrips do not like a moist environment. They like a dry environment. And, of course, it's been a perfect breeding time up and with the the hot dry, dry weather, hot. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if we change that, they are less likely to to want to live there. Also, uh, don't be in too much of a hurry to to feed them because that will encourage new growth. I think maybe right. there's a good chance that they've had a couple of weeks to yeah. you know harden up. Yeah. Uh, well, I would say when you can see new growth is probably a good time to tidy them up and coupled right. with hosing them in the middle of the day or even twice a day under and over the leaves will be a help. Now, with the cooler weather, their right. breeding cycle is slowing down. So if you haven't got weak new growth, you've, you've yeah. got a better chance of riding it out. Right, Okay. I have to say, though, um, having having spent the last two days out there with them, I virtually pruned them back to half their size. Okay. Okay, All well, right. it's done. So I just yep. have to, yeah, be yep. very vigilant now. Yeah, and so yeah. if you just, if you, say, hose them a couple of mm. times a day over and under the leaves, I uh-huh. think you'll find in six weeks uh, they, they won't be too bad. Okay, so there's nothing else I could do in terms of any product that would help them or not? Well, I, you know, that's up to you. It's not something I recommend uh, simply because I understand that there are other plants in the garden that they could also be on. So unless you're going to blanket your whole garden with, with a treatment, they're still going to be around and they're so tiny they're going to yeah. hide in any nook and cranny. So yeah. it, it would be a huge task. And yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I couldn't see any evidence of any insect. No, you won't see you, it, Pam. No, but there are a lot of long-legged mm. flies around and I see them where I've seen signs of chili thrips. But we yeah. also have some predators in the garden. So if you're not using pesticides you've got more of a chance of having the birds and the predators come in and help 
manage it. It's called integrated pest management. Right, okay. All right, well, I'll, I'll do what you tell me and I'll, I'll give them. I'm, I'm a retired person, so I've got time to dedicate to them. But That's uh, good, Pam. Because uh, I've heard over, you know, I know it's been happening over the last, what, 18 months, this chilly trip, oh, is it? a couple of years now. Mm. It is, and I've just been so blessed that um, I haven't had it and I can only put it down to the fact that I was away and um, they got really, well, they, they get the retic. Um, I was one of these unfortunate people that just put a bore down last September and then learnt what the water court want to do. Well, um, it's, not done, it's not done yet and they got our feedback, so we, we oh, hope yeah, that they're listening yeah. to us. Yeah, yeah, so I remember we got your letter. Yeah, I sent you an email, that's right. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's getting the retic three times a week and sometimes I get out there and give them a little hand water as well. Um, but yeah, just yeah, just so sorry to see this has happened. But it, it will, it will, repent. it will pass. This too will pass, <laughs> isn't that what they say, Pam? We're, sorry, love, we have to move on. Take care. Well, thank you so thank much for your time. You're yes, welcome. Thank you. Cheers. Bye, Pam. Now Bye. we do have Bruce on the line, and we have calls waiting. Which way do you want to jump? Let's just quickly do Ian because he's been also waiting been waiting a long, a long time. time. Ian, good morning. Good morning. Uh, we've got a, uh, we're in a rental house and there's a uh, quite large tree out the back. It's got these uh, yellow fruit on them. It's in the shape of a um, pomegranate where it's round with a uh, little thing hanging out at the bottom of it. They're soft. They're actually, um, crack them open, they smell like a passion fruit. And when they're ripe, they're pink on the inside. Now, with someone says they think it might be a guava. Mm, yes, I think so. so. It does sound like it. I don't suppose you can send us a photo, can you, Ian? Oh, yeah, I could do that. All right. Great. That, uh, and do you have a question about it? Well, I just wanted to know if that's what it was. And, uh, you know, they've got very hard seeds in it. Okay. If you can send a photo through, um, we can have a look at it and confirm if it is that. That's and probably what, the best the thing. Number to send it to? Okay. It's gardening. Yeah. At Curtin FM, C U R T I N F M dot com dot au. Uh, so it's got to be an email. Yeah. Oh, uh, you can't do it as SMS on the phone straight like that or not? Uh, you can. You could send it uh, to. Uh, I don't even see. I can't even see a number. Yes, I can. Okay. You can do an SMS. I'm not sure how it will come out. 1300 927 1001. Yeah, 927 1001. No worries. Okay, thanks, Ian. Thank you. Bye. Cheers for that. Now, Gary, stick with us. We're having a chat with Bruce Larson, our orchid specialist. Bruce, so nice to speak to you. First time this year. How are you? Yeah, fine, thanks, Ray. How are you? And Faye? Uh, we're, we're travelling well. We're, you... we're well. Thanks for waiting, Bruce. We may have yeah, to span this. It's a busy morning, aren't you? Hey? If it is a having busy a morning. Yeah. morning. Yeah, yeah. Lots, if, you know, it's a gardening time and it's gardening weather and, pe- you know, people have their issues out there. We all do. So, Which Bruce, do. it's that time it's of the year time. where we need to talk about orchids. Oh, there's lots happening out there. And maybe you can tell us what's going on and what we need to be doing. Sure, yeah, love to. It'd be uh, my pleasure. Um, there's a lot happening at this time of the year. Yeah. Um, of course, we've all sort of taken a big deep sigh of relief with the heat sort of starting oh. to, to fade away. 
and so are our orchids and so are our plants in the garden. So yeah. with the cooler weather or the cooler change with the shorter days, we're starting to see a lot of different orchids now starting to come into flower, particularly, you know, the cattleyas and all that range with lalias and things like that. And, of course, um, cymbidiums will all be starting to show their flower spikes fairly soon, if not already, albeit I think some of them have probably been a bit impacted because of our long, hot summer. Yeah. So we may not have the sort of normal-type flowering this year. The, the plants will have been fairly stressed over the summer period. and uh, It'll be interesting to see, won't it, what happens? Yeah, it will. It mm. will. I think most other varieties are probably doing okay, but the cymbidiums may have been a bit stressed through the summer months, and if they didn't get the evening watering to really cool them down and create that tropical atmosphere and drop the pot temperature down, which initiates the flower spikes, then they may not necessarily get the flowering that uh, they would otherwise get. Yeah. So but, what with our cymbidiums, I know I've got one that's pushing out a couple of spikes now, but it's very tight in the pot. So is it too late to, to repot it? No, not at all. Um, I wouldn't recommend them breaking them up, obviously, at this time, but when they fill the pot and you're starting to see the spikes come up and they get a bit crowded, you can just gently tap the pot, remove the whole plant with the root system all intact, and then just simply put it into a bigger pot and then backfill, as it were, around the edges to give the plant a bit more space. Mm, okay. You can do that any time. Yeah. And it won't, it won't disturb the, the spikes coming through and consequent no, flowers? Gently. Yeah, yeah nice gentle, gentle, gentle. Yeah, got and, you. And what about feeding them now, Bruce? Well, it's still a good idea to keep your fertilising uh, up. Uh, obviously, we've been using a high nitrogen fertiliser through the growing period, which is you know spring, summer and into the autumn. But it's also now the time to swing from sort of a high nitrogen to a high potash mix, which will give us um, a little bit better structure in the plants and sustainability for producing the flowers and probably a better flower count and gives a little bit more definition in the colour of the orchid. So, And the plant not being so active in growth just doesn't need the nitrogen at all. So you're only wasting it. Mm, and the high, okay. higher potash will give a better outcome for flower production. And how often should it then be fed and or watered? Yeah, look, you're going to start to cut back your watering. So through these hot days, we've been watering, you know, maybe two or three times a day or certainly daily. But now we're seeing the cooler weather. So cut back to every couple of days. And, you know, I knew you need to pick and just watch watch the weather. But we're sort of up around the 30s for the next week. So yeah. you might still water every second day. Mm. And depending on your regime for fertilising, and I appreciate that people at home are probably only doing it you know, less frequently than those of us that are a bit more passionate about it. So while I fertilise every time I water, um, at least you want to try and fertilise at least weekly if you can. And that's um, through the cooler months. In the wintertime, obviously, you cut right back and you'd be only watering once a week or once every 10 or 12 days. So okay. you don't need to fertilise anywhere near as much. Okay. All right. That's, that's good tips. And a liquid or I know there's... Um, you know, like strike back for orchids is a pellet. When should that be used? Or a slow release? Which is the best one? Oh, look, I think any of it works well. Um, for those that are not um, wanting to sort of be on a regimented program of liquid fertilising on a weekly basis uh, or thereabout, 
the slow-release fertilisers work really well. You can get them for three months or six months duration and they work really well and you know strike back for orchids and those sort of things. I've got that uh, slow-release characteristic, which are really good uh, for producing the, the nutrient for the plant, which it needs to, to grow, but also to produce you the uh, the cell structure and the like to produce flowers. So right. any of that will work well. Yep. And, and what sort of situation should they be in now? I know in February I start to bring them out into the light. Mm. Um, so we've got cymbidiums, phalaenopsis, uh, and oncidiums. So... How would they differ in their locations? Okay, um, we'll start with the cymbidiums because they're probably a lot more common. Uh, most people would probably be able to grow them, not in direct sunlight in our Perth summer, they will certainly still burn, but they only need about a 50% shade, so under the canopy of trees or on the patio. Um, and they could, not just yet, but fairly soon, you could probably even put them out into full light, in full sunlight, when a little bit more of the heat goes away um, so they do lead, need a lot of light to make them flower so if you've been growing them under 80% shade for example through the summer then they may not flower because they haven't had the light they need mm-hmm. so photosynthesis like all plants is critical for orchids to make them both grow but also to produce the flowers things like phalaenopsis are a lot more shade um, need a lot more shade so they would grow more in the under the canopy of the trees in their natural environment and down towards the ground. So they're looking at 80% shade. Mm. Um, however, now with the shorter days and the less sunshine, you can start thinking about having them um, in a bit more light on the back patio or even, you know, maybe not bringing them inside just yet in the house because coming into um, April, uh, the end of this month in April, you start we start to have much cooler nights and those cooler nights are what initiate the flower spikes for the phalaenopsis. So mm. keep them out where they're getting that real temperature differential. You need at least about a 15-degree drop, and that will then initiate the flower spikes, and then you can bring them inside. So they'll be more than comfortable growing you know, inside in a bathroom or in a kitchen where they're not getting you know, the excessive light that they would be getting on the outdoors, as it were. But right. things like cymbidiums, oncidiums, they do need lots of light. They need protection from the summer sun, but I would be moving them now to an area where they can get um, maybe a little bit more light than what they were getting during the, the summer period. Okay, excellent. Well well done. Uh, well, I think um, I've got... Yeah, a great list. And the Autumn Orchid Spectacular, when would that be happening? Is it happening? Yes, it is happening. We've um, It hasn't been held for the last two years for all the reasons we know yeah, about. yeah. Um, but we've managed to uh, relocate it in the, east, in the eastern suburbs. So it's going to be um, at the uh, Bruce Douglas Pavilion, which is in Swan View. And we try to hold this particular event in the eastern suburbs because we've got a lot of our membership across that side. And we were having it previously in Kalamunda. So that's on Sunday the 1st of May. Um, and uh, it's just off uh, Morrison Road, or not far from Morrison Road. It's, it's all part of the um, Brown Park complex. So it's a lovely big hall. Lots of parking around there. So we'll have a, an orchid show, as it were, but lots of plant sales, talks and the like. And we're also going to have um, Natalie, who's from the, the best Zygo Cactus and Atorium in WA, um, with us with a whole lot of um, flowering Zygo Cactus um, 
which will be really spectacular. And and you can see her information on the on her Facebook page, which is called the the best psycho cactus and atorium in WA. Mm. So there'll well, be a lot exciting. there to see and see and do. And yeah, and so it's a five dollar entry gets a free cuppa and all the rest of it and the opportunity yeah. to sit down and talk with a whole lot of folk that know what they're talking about, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. No, well, we certainly put that on our calendar. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, we'll give you, uh, uh, everyone, a reminder of that getting closer to the 1st of May. Oh, wonderful. Thanks for that, Ray. Appreciate all it. All right. Appreciate your time. Let you get back to it. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Good luck, girls. Okay, you keep saying Thanks, Thanks, Bruce. Bruce. Bye. For that. You too. Bye. Okay, we do have to have a break. Gary, please stay with us. I know that it's all very long-winded this morning. Back as quickly as we can. Thanks for your company this morning. A busy morning. We're in Belcada. Gary, thanks for waiting. No problem at all. Good morning, ladies. Morning. morning. Uh, So have you got orchids, Gary? No, I haven't. Unfortunately, my mother was a, a, a fanatic in growing orchids, but uh, no, I didn't take after her, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I kind of work on the basis that most people have an At least orchid. one. You know, they've been given a, a moth orchid as a present or something like that. They're a beautiful plant. No, yeah. not, not in my forte. Roses, that's about it. Okay. Problems with anyhow. But look, I've got a my son's shifting house, and he's got a lemon tree that's about uh, now 14, 15 years old. Uh, it measures two metres by a metre and a half wide. Uh, it's a very bushy tree. It hasn't been uh, pruned, I'd say, for the last two years. Uh, and he wants to bring it with him when he shifts house. But his house hasn't been built yet, so it's got to come to my place and be planted. Then when he builds his new home, I've got to uproot it and transplant it again. What's the best way of doing it? Right. When when does he have to get the tree out? I've got another uh, four, three to four weeks' time. Okay. So autumn, all right. So we don't have to look at what season to plant it. The time is now. When right. mature or large trees are being removed, the best chance they can get is if you were to um, imagine digging a trench around the tree and dividing it into eight parts and four of those parts so skip one choose one skip one choose one etc you dig a hole uh, around the trench line and you put in something like sphagnum moss and so what that does is the new roots start growing where uh, where it's been cut out, and then when you do your next uh, removal, you've already got some roots starting to establish. Okay. How deep would you dig the trench? You won't have to dig very deep for the simple reason that citrus trees are shallow-rooted, so okay. that it, it won't be very deep at all. So virtually where where your leaf line is, you would start the trench from the that. The drip line, yes. The drip line, okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. And I I think, you know, if you were to take back the uh, canopy as well, because part of the problem is what you can actually physically manage. The bigger the tree, the more difficult it is. So if you're going to have to lift it, if it's going into a pot, your your pot size is going to determine how much of a root ball you can actually take. Okay, well, yeah. 
So if I was to transplant it straight into the ground in in my home, I you know personally, I would try if you can get it into a big pot. Okay, I can grab one of those bigger pots. Yep, Be- yep. Because it can then establish in a pot and grow right. in a pot. Right. And then there's there's little or there's reduced shock when it then goes into the ground again. Okay. Otherwise, you're digging it up and you're interfering yeah, with its roots very again. Much so. Okay. Would you uh, treat it with sea salt before you uproot it? I absolutely would. Before, during, and after. Okay. And the leaves as well, give that a drench in, in sea salt as well? Yes. Okay. Great. Okie dokie then. I hope that helps and, and good luck with that. I hope so because if I lose it. My uh, reputation's on the line. Well, I tell you what else you can do, Gary. There's some very good YouTube tutorials. Tutorials. Okay. So, mm, um, true. you know, I, I don't specialise in this, but I've moved my fair share of trees with reasonable su- success. Uh, okay. But you might be able to get some more tips and, and just really get your head around uh, how, how this is done by the professionals. All right. So bigger the, the bigger the root ball, the better it would be for the tree, obviously. Yeah, depending on on how big the tree is, if it is okay. manageable. Rightio. Okay. The ladies, thank you very much once again. I shall now go and have another cup of coffee and maybe a fresh scone if my wife is finished. Oh, oh lovely. Gary. Yes, good on you. All right. All right. Let us know how you go <laughs> and enjoy that. All oh, right. Free, of course. Cheers. Okay. Cheers. Thanks, Bye, Gary. Gary. Oh, I wonder what we've got for morning tea today, Ray. Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. We'll find actually. out in the break. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let me see. We better get back to our winner for the Bigger Trees voucher, Brandy from Quinana Beach. The question was, which Sherlock Holmes story has a title containing a number of seeds from a certain tree? The answer is the five orange pips. So well done, Brandy. Let's know. Let us know what you do with that voucher. What you actually purchase with it, or yes, we love to hear all those stories, and uh, it'll be on its way to you this week. So thank you for playing with us. Now we do have one more prize to give away, which will be the Biagra and Aquaforce goodies. Uh, it's a combo pack valued at seventy-five dollars. Compliments of the Turf Growers Association and Eva Ritchie. We will do that between now and 10 a.m. And also Arthur of Two Rocks, he feels the rock melon problem could be Portuguese worms. And he said to place straw under the rock melons to prevent being eaten. Mm. That And that is what we, we had always been told to do. Mm. The only thing I'm worried about is what has uh, created a hole in the rock melon and whatever it is is eaten through organic matter and yeah. could potentially eat through straw Mm, Uh, this is true but the lady had put on she'd put the remaining fruit on a saucer or a pot um or a brick and that will create a barrier that nothing can really get through and florence rang in and she said did an earlier listener say they were using weed and feed on their garden or was it lawn definitely only on the lawn (laughs) do not put weed and feed on (laughs) your garden you won't have a garden Mm. that's absolutely for sure uh let's head to rockingham diane good morning good morning fan right hello how are you diane i'm enjoying the show immensely oh good Cannot wait for it to get on on, on the Saturday morning. <laughs> we can't wait to do it, Diane. 
<laughs> no, you sound like you're enjoying it. But, um, but anyway, what I just rang up about, if anybody wants a fun plant, I just recently, about six weeks ago, acquired two um, cousinettes, as they call them. Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> they are fun, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, and every time um, somebody goes past them, because I've got one in, uh, two in my entrance way and in a big, long red pot, and every time somebody goes past, the grandkids, they love to touch it. Yeah, oh. they are textural, and you can't help but reach out and, and, no, and give it a little like... rustle with your fingers. Yeah. yeah. I reckon yeah. they'd be great planted in a head planter. Mm. Well, these, these are in a very tall pot, and, and it's quite narrow at the top, so it's start, starting to go down over the sides. Oh, gorgeous. So, so it looks good, and um, I didn't see by coincidence on uh, the other show on the other night about gardening was this property over in South Australia had a very big acreage, and they'd planted on a hill all the covenant plants, oh. and it absolutely looked fabulous. Mm, nice. Rubble of sand, you know, and there they were. They just looked gorgeous. Oh, thank but you, anyway, Diane. Cousin, it's fun. <laughs> Good on you. Thanks for the inspiration. We appreciate your call. So, so what do I do when I want to cut his hair? <laughs> Just get out the head, um, what do you call them? Barber's clippers. Yeah. <laughs> See you then. Thanks. All right. Okay. Take care, love. Cheers okay. for that. Listen every week I do. Bye. We know. Thank you, love. Take care. Bye. Cheers for that. I've got lovely a lovely listeners. tall planter. It looks like an Easter Island face mm. statue um, and it's a al- almost maybe 90 centimetres tall and in the top of that I've got the burrow's tail succulent and it, it looks like the hair falling down. It looks like dreadlocks really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm picturing it as you're talking to mm. me. Yeah, no, people do a lot of quirky things in their garden and that's great. We love it. Getting back to practical things in the garden today, Ray, I'm going to pick up an aerator Oh, on yes. a trailer for your lawn. and I'm going to do my lawn, my daughter's lawn and maybe my son's lawn. Today. And that, well, today tomorrow. over the weekend, yeah. yes. Yeah. And then I'm going to top dress it and then I'm going to apply my moisture retaining products over the next week. Okay, excellent. And Kerry of Churchlands, uh, thousands of green grasshoppers decimating her garden. You're not the only one, Kerry. I'm having problem with uh, grasshoppers as well. Any suggestions? The mm. only thing I can think of is eco neem as a deterrent. That's the only thing I can think of. Very hard to deal with grasshoppers. When I hose, you know, I see them bouncing out of my garden and up the walls, and I think you little. I won't say what I think. Some of them actually look like. They're the size of birds, don't oh, they? Well, some are enormous, yeah. Mm. I've got all, I've got from tiny as your smallest fingernail right up to the ones the size of your hand. Uh, they're all in my garden and as, as you know, Kerry's saying, decimating. So as a, as a deterrent, uh, Econeme is the only product on the market that I'm aware of that is, is registered to be a deterrent. It's all, mm. all we can suggest. And sorry, yeah, you're not the only one going through it at the moment. Now we do have some emails. We do. Oh, I'm not very organised, Ray. Uh, this is from Marika, and she would like to know, what kind of climbers can I grow on a wall without using a trellis? Yeah, Something green. Well, a couple that I've thought of, if if it's your wall, uh, ivy is one because yeah. they will actually attach themselves. Mm. And ficus pamela, which is a creeping fig, 
Mm -hmm. uh, has a, a nice little leaf and will also attach. Now, the philodendron family have a lot of climbers. Uh, I have a monstera that's going up a super six fence and it has actually uh, put out some aerial roots to support itself and then it's got these huge leaves and that makes uh, a lovely backdrop on a fence. Without a trellis, it's quite limited. Mm. Um if any of our listeners can think of something green that does not require a trellis to support please, it to get it going yeah please let us know yeah absolutely that's a that's not such an easy one mm. now uh this came in during the week i think uh and this is from deb she has a Chinese tello growing outside the window surrounded by a picket fence. She just loves sitting out the back first thing in the morning and listening and seeing the birds fly in and out. Just after Christmas, the tree is full of bees. But not sure what time of the year to have it lopped as it's getting a bit tall. Well, of course, winter is a, a great time to do Perfect. that. Deciduous yep. trees. Absolutely. For a lot of plants, it's after flowering and fruiting is a good time to give them a tidy up. Mm. If they're deciduous, winter when they've lost all their leaves, it's very easy to see what the framework of the tree is and easy to, to get in there and, and tidy it up. Not apricots, though. They're susceptible to fungus fungal diseases, so don't do them in the wintertime or when it's wet. When's the best time to do apricot trees? Uh, you can do summer pruning in summer or even, yes, uh, when, when needed. Okay, all right. And, okay, I think... I will give away our products from Turf Growers Association. This is by Agra and Aquaforce. Now, this one's different insofar as we have been moving geof geographically all around and the prize is in Bustleton. So you need to be in that proximity. You would have to be able to collect your prize from down south Turf Bustleton. Down south Turf Bustleton. So this is one for you guys that might be tuning in on the internet. Uh, to to access this prize, we we are moving around north of the river, south of the river, and some literally down south. So the Biagra is a new generation water retention aid, uh, providing excellent penetration for applied water, outstanding retention of moisture in normally low water retaining root zones, and improved uniformity of hydration. Uh, Biagra is not a wetting agent; it's a dual action moisture retaining agent, meaning it will encourage your soil to hold the water. Once it has penetrated the soil, and this works with Aquaforce, which is a premium grade commercial wetting agent soil surfactant, which allows for deep water penetration into the soil. These two outstanding products do work together. Now, they're valued at $75. You must be able to collect from down south turf in Bustleton. Here is your question. And, you, and, and I'll just make it even more difficult. You must be a Curtin FM member and not to won a prize in the last 28 days. What are the start and end dates of Perth's Winter Sprinkler Ban? The start and end dates of Perth's Winter Sprinkler Ban. That's an easy one for you. Give Bev a call 94841927. Okay, carry on, I think. Now, Jessica has sent us in an email and I referred to this last week because it came in, or it did come in on the Thursday, but we didn't actually get to cover it on the show last week. So she's asked three questions. Recently, uh, she's invested in a number of crepe myrtles. 
I don't know if this has been a really good year for them, but I've only just noticed because I'm busy transforming my garden into a bee-wise environment, what I would like to know is if I should cut off the spent flower heads and if so, when? If I do this during the flowering season, will there be a second flush? And I mm. just pictured a very large crepe myrtle tree and thought, well, in most cases, that wouldn't really be an option for a lot of people. No. Anyway, I did a bit of research and obviously Jessica's is a manageable size. And yes, if you are to cut back the flowers or deadhead immediately, you will get new flowers straight away. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. How's your crepe myrtle going, Ray? Not well. Oh. The one on my verge, mm. he's not He's not a happy camper. So that's a whole other story. I had the council out during the weekend. Uh, it didn't end well, okay, because I'd like to replace it, I think, with like at my own cost because mm. uh, there's something very wrong with this tree. And uh, they told me that I could get a new tree in 2023 and it'll be about 35 centimetres high. What? Yeah. That's why I said oh. it didn't end well. So stay tuned. I have to. I have to fight. I have to fight. Yeah, it's not easy. What? Belmont, um, so what's the reasoning behind this? Because uh, this uh, doesn't because make they're sense. Grow- it doesn't make sense because they're growing their crepe myrtles from seed. Uh, yes. So the, 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 who the, supplied this original tree? Oh, uh, the council. So they they supplied it, and mm. you're not allowed to cut it down. No, or no. but it's not healthy. Correct. Oh, for mm. goodness sake. Yeah, I know. And I'm I'm prepared at my own cost to replace it with another crepe myrtle dare and get I it professionally say, removed and implanted. You dare you say what? I would do a bit of guerrilla gardening and miraculously the tree oh, would be better overnight. I I would love to do that, but I have some very unusual neighbours and uh, oh, I would probably goodness. be forced to remove it. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. So... Wow, if I'd known what I was up against, I probably wouldn't have moved into that bird because they just we are just riddled with regulations and, and no common sense, prevail. all very archaic, you know. And and at the end of the day, I've invested a lot of money in increasing oh. and, and the, the facade of the street with putting in a nice garden. Did you see my garden on Garden oh, Gurus? Oh, I meant to say, Ray. Did you see I it? I saw your garden on Garden Gurus and it looks amazing. I don't know when did what you you're watch stressing it? When about. Did you oh, watch probably it? about Thursday. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was gardening. I went home and gardened Saturday. Mm. Do you know, actually, it was brought forward on Saturday. I said to everyone 4.30 because oh. that was the time. It was brought forward. So you had to watch it on replay nine now uh, because of the flood appeal. Uh, but it's on again in not this weekend, next weekend. So I'll remind everybody. Well, but people can follow up. Uh, yeah, you can watch it on replay on 9 now. Go to Garden Gurus. All right, we should stop gas- gassing. And I have to go to a break. And then when I return, Jim will be talking about uh, where you purchase worms. Radio. We are here, actually. <laughs> Rain Faye, let's talk gardening. We're heading out to Joondalup. Jim, hi. Hello there. How, How are, are you? Jim? I'm good, thank you. But what I was wondering... Where do you go to buy worms for your worm casts? Uh, I lost mine with the hot weather this year. Oh, I don't think you'd be the only one, Jim. Uh, I th- you can get them at your local hardware store, nurseries and garden centres. Yeah. Oh, okay. I tried Bunnings the other day and they didn't have them. Oh, really? Yeah. They're That's well, unusual. I'll try the hardware stores. Or maybe... Maybe John could 
have a, a what quick about the Google, worm shed? The, the worm, worm shed, shed up in Chittering. Mm. And it may be a supply problem Issue? at the moment yeah, most because likely. of the Everything. hot summer that yeah. we've had. Mm. And you you know, you might be one of many who's re- trying to replace their worms at the moment. Mm. Okay then, thank you very Can much. Can you write down the worm shed, Jim, and give them a call up in Chittering? The, the worm shed up at Chittering. Yeah, have they're you, in Chittering. Have you got the number at all? No, I don't have the number uh, off off hand. But uh, if you if you look it up, can you Google? Could do you have a? I, know, I don't have a computer. Right? Yeah, it is called the worm shed. So what I might do is I'll put you back to uh, Bev, our producer, and hopefully they'll look it up for you. Good, thank you. Very all much. right, I'll put you on hold. Thanks, thanks, Jim. Thank you. Would they be in the phone book, or because they're maybe out of the? Perth metro area. Yeah, I actually don't know. Things so let's have just see if we can. changed a lot, haven't they, Ray? Like you used to just go to the phone book and. And I don't and know if it. anyone do we do people still use a phone book? I don't even know. I, well, I know are there I mobile don't. numbers in the phone book? Who even has a landline now? No, we well, lost ours in the changeover. Yeah, we don't. So this is it. I, it's hard to keep up. June of Beckenham, she's one of our. Our fans, we know that she is thanking us for the show and she listens every week. We know that, June, and uh, we've received lovely cards and things from you over the time and some very nice compliments, and we appreciate you listening to us. Uh, Trisha of Rivervale, one of our guests recently suggested spraying leaves with fish emulsion for grasshoppers. Yeah, I've read that, uh, Trish, and, yeah, it. Um, I was re- actually uh, Charlie Carp products. Um, they actually say... Uh, if you start to have a little bit of a read, and I was on the net one day, and it said f- it 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 is a deterrent, mm. yeah, as well. So well, it you know, changes fish emulsion, the, yeah. the, uh, the smorgasbord available, it changes yeah. the scent, yeah, and so the that's taste. that's another really mm. good option. Thanks, Trish, for reminding me. And Mary Banyup found a one meter dewguide when she was out watering. She'd rather be dealing with grasshoppers. She's in mm. Banyup, so. Yeah, hello. I would rather deal with grasshoppers than a dugout. I dew haven't seen a lot of dugouts around this summer. Yeah, I wondered that whether there'd been mm. a lot of snakes about in the last year. I think it was summer. too hot for them. As I, don't, well. I don't think you'll see any self-respecting snake, snake out, <laughs> out on roadways in forty degree heat. Haven't I think seen it. Smarter. I have to be honest with you. Haven't seen it. Like, yeah, yeah. No doubt, you're right. I saw one just on. I was on my way um, having a garden tour with a friend. Of, few weeks ago mm. and I grabbed her arm and said oh don't go that way there's a jigite just heading across the path mm. but that was yeah. one of yeah yeah no it hasn't been the season I thought it was going to be a bad season but haven't heard the reports and certainly around our way I know mm. there was a few spotted last year all right now let me see we've done our prize giveaways and we don't have anyone responding as far as I'm aware to the products down in Bustleton so Let's just make it easy. Uh, we will make this if you'd like to give Bev a call and you can collect the products from Down South Turf in Bustleton and you're a Curtin FM member and not having won a prize and you must be able to get the get the prize from Bustleton, of course, and you'd like to win uh, the goodies of Biagra and Aquaforce. Give Bev a call, 94841927. And the prizes are yours. I thought that it might be a little bit more difficult when you have to collect your goodies down in Bustleton. But then I'm giving, we're trying to give everyone a go. Okay. Absolutely. What would you like to contribute? <laughs> <laughs> Me? <laughs> yeah. I, I can shut up. I can shut up. 
Uh, well, another email has come in uh, about a Lamandra. This is Pam from Pamela from Morley. She moved into her place three years ago and the spiky things were part of the developer's landscaping. She doesn't like them but will tolerate them for the time being. There's five out the back, varying sizes and a couple out the front. She's already dug out three and found that they weren't too easy. My question is, how do I cut them back? The white spikes are ugly as they die off and I know I can pull many of them out by hand but that job would take me the rest of the year. Is there an easier or sensible way? If you don't get time for this email today, no problem. Another time is fine. Definitely no rushes. They can stay where they are as they are fine for now. Yeah, I know what you mean, Pamela, because they do get sort of a little bit um, untidy. That It looks like the, the flower spikes are spiky. So there's quite a few different lamandras. John, can you maybe just um, check about cutting these back? I, I'm not sure if you can cut them back to ground level and they will just come back with some lovely new growth, mm. in which case you could just use a hedge trimmer or something yep. similar mm -hmm. or shears. I haven't done this. I've got a couple of large ones myself. Okay. Mm. But there are a few different lamandras. So mm -hmm. uh Many of them are eastern states varieties. Yeah. They're hardy. They'll survive on no water. Yeah. They've got that lovely grassy look. Mm. Uh, so they're, yeah, a well-used plant in the landscape. We will come back to that, Pamela. Yes, I enjoy my lamandras as well because I like my grasses, my ornamental mm. grasses. I'm into that. What are your favourites? Oh, gosh, here we go. Uh, I've got, at the moment, I do like lime tuff, but the mm. dwarf. I've had the lime tuff, the large one. And it grew huge, and you needed just about needed a uh, bobcat to remove, and they really uh, are grassed on. And there's one I'm having my garden at the moment called Stripy White. Oh, yeah, yeah, and he's lovely. He's variegated, and he handles the full sun. Yeah, right. yeah. So, and how wide is that leaf? Oh, it's not wide. It's quite narrow. Yeah. So, and I'm just trying to think, but I. The Lamandras, I gave you my little cons because I think they yes. were getting, or some of my little cons, I should say, they were getting, I think, just too much water. Yeah, they don't need a lot of water. That's well, I've planted sure. them now. I haven't, they're not yeah. doing much yet. So no, they won't. I've actually yeah. put them in uh, the gardens around my pool mm. and I've put them as um, on the sides of a, a couple mm. of paths through the garden. And mm. I'm having very good results with both Mondo grass and Liriopes. I mean, Liriope, they, yeah. they just, mm. you know, they're ground huggers. Actually, um, I might be lying. The stripy whites are a Liriope. Okay. Yeah, that I have. And they're is, taking some they sun. They are taking some sun. And they have some yeah. nice flowers as well, flower spikes. Yeah, fairly insignificant, but yes, they mm. do. But they are quite slow growing, and uh, but they're handling sun, whereas I thought that they they may not, but they're doing very, very well. So it just gives you that, I suppose, colour interest in the garden as well. Well, and if you're looking for something, well, not, not grassy, but similar sort of plant, Clivias. Mm. Of course, straps, now lovely straps. Yeah. Oh, and you you can get the variegated ones as well. But what I'm thinking, you know, now is the time to be acting on a few things in our garden. Uh, mm. Geraniums could do with a tidy up. Uh, Clivias, yeah. zygocactus, they're all, you know, now's the time to get them out of wherever they are. If their pots need upgrading, it's a great time to do it. Think about feeding them. Many plants around the garden would benefit with 
a light feed at the moment, at the moment to take okay. advantage of the growth before they slow down in the cold weather. Okay, short break. When we return, we're chatting with Jenny in Mandra. Four minutes left of Let's Talk Gardening. We're straight out to the lines. We're in Mandra. Jenny, thank you. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm great. I've just finished icing a cake. Oh, Um, good girl. I to tell you about my worm. I think that that gentleman that was on before who lost all his worms over the heat. Yeah. Well, I have never had a problem. Mm. The last two years, I have been air conditioning my worms. Now, you might laugh. No, don't laugh at all, actually. Yeah. Um, I've had a water bath on top of the worm farm and I have put old towels or, you know, sheets or whatever I can find to drape over them um, into Mm. the water. Mm. So it acts like a Coolgardie safe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My worms over the last two summers have thrived. Oh, that's brilliant, Jenny. Well done. So, um, maybe the other people could take up that that idea. It worked a treat. Yeah. And I now have two worm farms going mm. because my worms have thrived so much. So if that gentleman would like some, I'm quite prepared for him to have some. Okay. That's um, very we'll kind ask of Jim, you. Jim of Joondal up, if you are still listening, if you can ring back into the station, give us a call, ring Bev now, and we'll connect you to Jenny. That's a very generous offer, Jenny. Thank you. Um, I was looking at selling them, but you know what? Oh, sorry, selling them to him. Well, like that, that's fine. Uh, pretty much hassle, but he, he's quite welcome to have some. Yeah. Um, but he's got to come and get them because... He's got to drive I, and get them. Absolutely. I, I'm a- I'm in Mandra and yeah. here's the so, yeah. the end of the spectrum. Yes, yes, okay, but it's an option that you've offered. Thank you. And so, Jim, if you are still listening and you are interested in trekking down to Mandra, Jenny has some worms for you. Thank you. And thanks no for your wa- tip. You're welcome. Thanks, All right, Jenny. take care. Cheers. Okay, bye-bye. Yes, must look after worms in the heat. Well, Marilyn Another has animal. sent us an email mm. to the gentleman who lost all his worms. In summer, she keeps two small drinks bottles of water in the freezer, yep. wraps them in a small sheet of newspaper and places yep. them into the worm farm yep. every hot day. Yep. So that's Correct. a good tip. Great. Now, uh, for Pamela, about the lamandra, yes, cut them down to the ground, uh, give them a good clip, a few centimetres above the ground, right down to its socks, and they will come back. Yeah. A lot of those things um, treated that way. Cut and come again. And to Annette, who has uh, or wants to know, is it possible to vertimo a palmetto lawn? It's very thick and not sure what to do. John's come up with an answer and the answer is uh, no. Runner type lawns such as cooch and kaikuya respond well to vertimoing, but buffalo lawns can be treated but will require special consideration so just just yeah maybe Agreed. get the advice of a professional Agreed. of, a, of a lawn uh, contractor absolutely anything else well andrea p sent us an email last week this was in regards to rats she puts racken inside a storm pipe and to attract them she says the biggest attractant is avocado skin so oh. there you go that'll suck them in and then 
They eat the poison and next thing they drop them. <laughs> well, I've certainly covered yeah the, the a full range of uh, questions and comments today. Thank you, everyone, for your company and for looking after us, Bev Daring and John Glidden, and, of course, Faye Akaro for her wisdom. My gardenism for the morning is don't forget to drink water and get some sunlight because you're basically a houseplant with more complicated emotions. <laughs> George Minoldi is next with the classic 60s and then it's Brendan T with Born in Boots from noon. Everyone take care out there. Look, a big shout out to my mum. Uh, she's uh, 80 on Monday and wow. uh, how lucky am I to still have my mum? And uh, yeah, she had to have a, a small operation yesterday and she's recovering at the moment and uh, thinking of your mum and I will be catching you on Monday for your birthday. Happy gardening, everybody. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.